Welcome to a Cubs podcast to be named later. I am your host, comedian Joe Kilgallen. Are we excited, damn it? It is a playoff morning. Are we excited? We better be pumped up. You guys put on your best Cubs clothes? I like this, is what I like to do. Whenever it's the, the, the morning of a big game, I take out the whole wardrobe. I'm emptying out dresser drawers. I'm ripping shit off of hangers, and I am laying it out across the bed. King size, not bragging. Not bragging. We saved up some money, got the king size. I love the bed. My wife thinks the mattress isn't that good for her, but too bad. It was expensive. You learn how to adjust. I lay out all the clothes, and I think, who am I going to wear today? What am I going to do? Huh? For game one, I, I like to go classic and just wear my own last name, which, by the way, I don't know if the people out there who have a Cubs jersey with their last name on it, I don't know if you how you feel about it, but back in the day, I remember being in grade school and in high school, people were saying, Joe, you should get a Cubs jersey with your name on it. And I was like, I don't want to do that because I feel like that means I'll never, ever play for the Cubs for real one day. I was a little superstitious about it back then because I thought to myself, what are the odds? What are the odds of someone being on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball and they say, hey, you grew up in Chicago. We heard that you had your own Cubs jersey growing up and now you here are here playing in Wrigley Field in front of 40,000 strong. How do you feel? I would have been like, I can't believe it. Talk about, you know, calling my shot in a way. Or whoever bought me the jersey, they called my shot. I just thought it was unlikely. So that's why I was like, no, I don't want the jersey. Because if I ever get the jersey, that means I'll probably end up playing for some other team. And then high school came around and I realized, oh, I'm not that good. And then I got the jersey. I actually got the jersey as a going away present when I moved to Los Angeles. But then I came back to the great city of Chicago because I felt like the city needed me. I really do. So I don't know what you guys do. I don't know what you guys do the morning of a big playoff game, but it is here. Smell the air. Enjoy it. Try to, like, no, this is what we play for, damn it. Get pumped up. Is there someone nearby that you could headbutt? Like, in a friendly way? In a way where you're both are like, oh, that hurt, but I'm so jazzed. I, I don't even mind that much. I'll have a headache later, but right now, damn, that was cool. Is there anyone nearby that you could do that? How many high fives have you given to strangers out in this? Well, you know what? Actually, don't do that. Don't be high-fiving strangers. Where I t- You forget you're in a global pandemic still. Don't do that. It's weird when people reach for, I had a friend try to give me a handshake the other day and I was like, dude, what year do you think this is? I think this is 20, early 2019 or something or at any point in 2019. I know I came at you guys strong to open the podcast, but that's the way I feel. Anyone checking out the podcast for the very first time, this is episode number three of what is being tentatively called a Cubs podcast to be named later. Now I, you know, wasn't planning to do a Cubs podcast. I had my own podcast called the Joe Kilgallen podcast in which Cubs would be talked about every now and then, but it was more of a podcast in which I could just talk about anything I wanted to. It was centered on bar conversation, meaning it could be silly. It could be serious. Check that out. It's called the Joe Kilgallen podcast. That's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. So far, this one is on Spotify, Google, and then a few of the other ones that I don't really know about yet. Like, I can't think of their names off the top of my head. It's not on Apple yet or Stitcher. For what reason, I don't know. I've, I've heard that right now Apple's been slow on everything. It's supposed to be 48 hours. It's been more than 48 hours. As I said, this is episode number three. Now, my mission with this podcast for you new listeners is that I want you to love the Cubs as much as I do. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably do. I want us to celebrate the Cubs, enjoy the Cubs, and be goddamn proud that we are Cubs fans. That's what I want. And I want us to have some fun. Am I going to get into some real X's and O's breaking down numbers with you? You bet your sweet asses I'm going to because I want to combine those elements. I want to do some some analyzing, you know. I want to get into some data. I want to crunch some numbers because I'm a big stat head. 
I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I love sabermetrics. I'm a nerd. I read a lot of baseball books. I read a few every year about like, actually I should do recommendations. Maybe we could do like a, a book club thing, a Cubs fan book club over the off season. That sounds fun. Yeah. Cause you know, I, I'm going to have to do some, uh, have to entertain you guys during those times too. Cause I really want this thing to take off. This is what I should have been doing the whole time. Way back when podcasts were a thing, I should have gravitated towards the Cubs podcast because it is without a doubt my favorite thing to talk about is the Chicago Cubs. Now, I usually stay very positive, but sometimes I get into negative town and then I got I need people to bring me out of it. But I always stay positive. I'm always optimistic about the Cubs. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it's because that whenever there's naysayers around me, I try to block them out. And I just know that a lot of it is there's a, a loser mentality, unfortunately, that gets passed down. And it's rearing its ugly head lately. I've been fighting it, damn it. I'm fighting it. I'm giving it right-left combos. Because I don't want the ugliness to come back. I don't want that loser fan base mentality of, oh, no, same old Cubs. Here we go again. I don't want that. That That is yesteryear. We we dropped that nonsense. Okay. We've been, we're going to the playoffs for the fifth time. Tomorrow starts the fifth playoff appearance in the last six years. And I've done the math. In my lifetime, the Cubs have been in the playoffs 11 times. That's almost a third of my life the Cubs have been in the postseason. That's pretty good. Especially since as a fan, you don't remember a third of the time anyway. right? It's like sleeping. A third of your life you sleep. You don't really remember that. Although that's some, probably some of the best times of your life is sleeping. I'm a big fan of sleeping. I hope all the players are getting a good night's rest. But I understand there's some nervous energy too. Just calm those emotions. Calm that nervous energy. Channel it. That's what we've got to do. But I decided to do this podcast after we lost to the Pirates. Three out of four. I had a lot on my mind. I, of course, you know, like everyone though, I'm not going to pretend I'm just some cheerleader of a Cubs fan. Or just some person that has like, is a big homer that just pretends like bad stuff isn't happening. Yeah, of course, I see what you see. I just don't see the point of putting that negative energy out there. Or, more importantly, putting specific hate on certain people, people who have brought you joy and happiness. So I was doing Cubs recaps pretty much the whole season. After every game, I'd hop on my phone, post a recap video to Twitter, you know, about two minutes long, having a little fun with it, talking about what happened in the game. Win or lose, I was doing these recaps. Win or lose. The only one I didn't do was the final game of the season because I had to get mentally ready for the playoffs. And I was in a, my phone was dying and it was, it was bad timing on my end. Don't you hate that? It's the worst. But I was doing these and then that particular day when we lost the, the series 3 out of 4 to Pittsburgh, I posted some videos, lost my mind a little bit and realized I had so much more to get off my chest. And, but I didn't want to just go on Twitter and rant and rave. I wanted a bigger purpose to this. And that's to have fun, damn it, because baseball is fun. We need, to, we need to really campaign hard for baseball as baseball fans and as Cubs fans in general because if we start to slip, we'll see these people ruin the good game and ruin our team, and we don't want that. We don't want fans ruining the game for other fans, and, and we'll, we can hold people accountable. You know, We've got the strength in numbers, so we can hold our team accountable, hold our fellow fans accountable. There's just, and, but damn it, let's keep it fun. Let's keep it fun. Right now, I am wearing my uh, my my kill gallon jersey. Right now, right. I don't know what hat I'm going to put on yet for the game. I do. I get all geeked out. I get like St. Patrick's Day. It's like I know I got to wear green for these playoff games. I got to wear my best Cub stuff. Sometimes I think, do I go vintage with a shirt? I'm not really sure. Game one, a lot of options for game one. Let's talk about that. Let's get into this game, this podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang with you guys for about half an hour. 
we are going to talk about this series, the wild card round. It's weird that it's being called that because it makes people think, you know, a novice baseball fan might be like, why? So everyone's wild card football. They have it called wild card Saturday. That doesn't mean, you know, one team was a wild card. The other ones, I guess they're all wild cards, right? Because no, the seeds, the top seeds get buys. And then so we're a division champ, but there are no buys in baseball. We are a division champ, everyone, but it's called the wild card round. Didn't really need to bring that up or you guys get it. I'm imagining game one, Kyle Hendricks, our game one starter. He's taking the ball. Game two will be fought. Will be you Darvish game three, John Lester B D J. If necessary side note, bears fans don't buy shirts that say B D N. Okay. It's like, there's a gang thing in Chicago. Some of, you, some of my North side friends might think it's a cool shirt. If you wear it in, in a bad spot, I just don't. Talking about that with some friends of mine. It's not, not, I know Nick Foles is the new quarterback. He's rumored to be swinging some pipe. Just don't wear that. Don't wear a shirt that says BDN. That's not. That's not the right move. If there was a BDJ for for John Lester, yeah, wear it. Strap it on. You know what I mean? All right, cool. He'll be going on Friday if necessary. Now, the rotation is set because I've heard a few people be like, "You said a better year. He should go first. It's more than that. There's a rest thing. At first, I would have thought I wanted you first and then Kyle because Kyle's so good at home. You wins game one. Kyle closes out. I feel strong. Either one, I feel strong with. The Marlins don't match up well with right-handed pitching. They're pretty much well below average as a team against right-handed pitching. Left-handed pitching, on the other hand, they're like a top 10 offense against lefties. So that's something to think about if necessary, game three. We're going to focus on game one right now. Kyle Hendricks, more than deserving. The professor puts on clinics, everyone. He, he brings out the chalkboard, lessons, other school-related stuff, I could say. <laughs> I love Kyle Hendricks. And then, you know what? They do All-Stars this year, which I think they should. I don't know why baseball couldn't have, like, an All-Star game in, like, a dome stadium somewhere. Like, go up to Seattle, Safeco. They, they've got a retractable roof. Hell, even Milwaukee, sure. You know, they should have an all-star game. Give us a little more baseball. You know what would be a fun time to do it? Do it Thanksgiving weekend. Do it like, I don't know, Saturday afternoon, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Obviously, Thursday's football. I don't think you should interfere with that. Friday, everyone goes shopping. Maybe Friday night might be cool. And then Sunday, there's more football games, so people watch that. But like a Saturday afternoon would be kind of a fun thing to, to throw us in the middle of that weekend. I like the idea behind that. And... If they do All-Stars, which they, again, like I said, they should, Kyle Hendricks needs to be on that team, along with you, Darvish, and I believe Ian Happ, Jason Hayward close. I have to really look at the outfielders. I know I think Hayward finished with a slightly higher OPS than Ian Happ, but Ian Happ was, I still believe, top 25 in war, and the center field position is not that strong overall in the National League, so I do believe he's earned a spot as a reserve. I'm not saying he's a starter by any means, but I definitely think he earned that spot. You Darvish and Kyle Hendricks for sure. Hendricks I mentioned in particular because I, I realize he's probably the best pitcher of the last six or seven years. Let's see, he came in the league in 2014. Well, the last five years or so to not make an all-star team. Now, he led the National League in ERA and was a top three vote-getter for the Cy Young in 2016. 2017, I remember he had an injury for a little bit, but then came strong second half. Won a big playoff game against the Nationals. I think looked pretty solid. He's, his playoff numbers are great, too. Uh, who could forget game six of the NLCS against the Dodgers out dueling 
one Clayton Kershaw, who everyone just raves about. I mean, his regular season, he's amazing. But come playoff time, I mean, the sample size is big enough in the playoffs for Clayton Kershaw where you got to question, is he just a choker? Is he getting nerves? Now, I mentioned being a big stat guy and a lot of stat, a lot of the big-time Sabre guys, those dudes who are really into advanced stats, they, they question how real Clutch is. Clutch is, I do think, that's where I kind of get away from the stats a little bit because there's the human element that they forget. I know over the course that one a guy could have a clutch season and the next season he's not clutch. So is he clutch or not? So that's their whole thing. It's all about the sample size over the course of a career. Things tend to even out. You'll you'll have a, a year where you're hitting 350 with a scoring position. The next year you're hitting 250. What changed? Yeah, sometimes it's just occurrence. I get all that. But pitching, I don't know. Pitching to me is is a little bit mental come October. Or maybe Clayton Kershaw doesn't condition well enough. And that extra month of the season, he loses a little zip, a little bit of crispness. He's not as fresh between the ears because it's a long grind. Maybe he's just not built for it. There are some guys who are like that. Kyle Hendricks is not like that. Kyle Hendricks is built Ford tough. I don't even know if Ford's tough. Their trucks apparently seem to be. People like those. As a regular car, I've had a Ford before. Sucks ass. They're not sponsoring this podcast. I can put it out there. If you drive a Ford, why? Okay. Kyle Hendricks this year has led the league in innings pitched. I mentioned he has an ERA title under his belt. You, those are pretty nice stats right there I, I look a little bit beyond era but typically if you have a low era you're doing something right so you know i mean fip is a better stat i believe that's fielding independent pitching everyone because you know era sometimes it's you have a really great defense behind you people are making diving stops here or there that's not really anything you did as a pitcher that was your defense so Hendricks, though people see that and they go he doesn't strike out a ton of guys but he doesn't walk anyone. Super low walk rate. Also super low weak contact. In 2016, I remember some people questioning whether or not it was just the Cubs' superb defense. And it was superb in 2016. One of the greatest defensive teams of all time. That led to Hendricks' low ERA. I had to remind people. Second highest or second lowest would it be highest. I don't know. He was number two in weak contact rate. I think Kershaw was actually number one. You combine that with no walks, you're a great pitcher. That simple. And he gets the strikeouts when he needs to. I think the strikeouts were up a tick or two this year. Uh, he's, he's a great pitcher, and I feel 100% confident in him. The guy's got ice running through his veins. So I, lo I love our game one matchup right there. They got Alcantara pitching, who's got a solid arm. I believe I pronounced that right. Or is it Alcantara? I think it's Alcantara. There's a couple names like that where... It, you ever see that with different players? There could be a, a similar, same last name, but they pronounce it differently depending on who the player is. Like through in in the minors, reminds me of this because the Cubs just finished the series against the White Sox. When he was coming up the ranks, I swear, I remember people calling him Louis Robert, but it's it's Luis Robert. And then I hear they announce say Robert, I'm like oh it's Robert, cool. But it was Robert it was something I heard for a while, so you never know. I don't watch Marlins games, everyone. Believe it or not. So let's look at some Marlins stats real quickly here just to give you guys a heads up. I imagine if you're listening to your Cubs fans, you know who's who. Um, all right, like their team is just, I don't know. It's one of those things where you don't want to overlook anyone. I think they're a solid team. Mattingly was a guy that I always felt got treated a little unfairly in his exit with L.A. Because um, I wasn't in L.A. at the time right before they hired Dave Roberts, who is very questionable as a manager as well. So here is we got. Who is the best hitter on the Marlins, you may be wondering? Well, that would be Miguel Rojas, a 31-year-old shortstop who kind of bounced around the league a bit, having a real solid season. Not a ton of power, four home runs, um, 
slugging just under 500, which is actually pretty good. Um, base percentage is fantastic, 392, hits 304, 141 OPS plus. Um, yeah, solid hitter right there. They got a few other guys who are pretty good. Um, some of you Cubs fans will remember this guy, Jesus Aguilar, uh, former Brewer. He's the first baseman who I always thought wore his jerseys way too tight. What are you, Thor? What are you trying to rip out the sides of your to rip out the sleeves side note thor ragnarok whenever i see that when i'm flipping through like on disney plus i'm trying to watch something for my kids i can't show them that yet i go i kind of want to watch that again it's a great movie uh they made a move for starling uh Marte because the diamondbacks picked him up and they were like wow you suck uh this isn't pittsburgh pal and um they they i guess he didn't suck really but they they moved him he's okay this year what am i saying why did i say he sucked He's just only he's only over slightly above average. He's it's about seven percent above league average. OPS is seven seventy. Um, still plays a pretty solid outfield, but uh, the Diamondbacks were like, we're not competing. Here you go, you could have him. Uh, all right, the pitching side of things. Let's go. Uh, Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara? I think it's Alcantara. I'm pretty sure the Cubs used to have a guy named Alcantara. Uh, solid three ERA. Only started seven games though. Forty two innings pitched. Um, doesn't walk much, not a big strikeout guy either below a K in inning. I think our lineup could do pretty well against him. He's a righty, which I love because we, we don't hit righties. We don't, I mean, no, we hit righties. What am I saying? I watched a little bit of that debate and that's why I can't speak because it's just, it was very annoying to my head. Anyhow, <laughs> we're focusing on the Cubs in the positive though. Kinsler salt. You guys remember him? He was on our team the last two years was horrific. Um, at first, but then turned things around, um, had a pretty solid 2019, but again, not a guy that scares you. You know what he reminds me of as a closer? Brandon Kinsler, Joe Borowski. That's what he reminds me of. Meaning, he's racking up saves. Nobody's really sure how. <laughs> Maybe he's just getting a lot of saves against like the six, seven, eights or seven, eight, nines of teams. You know, every now and then there's one of those years where there's a guy where it's like, this guy's 37 saves. And you look at his numbers and you're like, how? He doesn't... Doesn't have a single pitch that's overpowering on this guy. Which is fine for middle relief, but as a closer, you're not that confident. It's kind of like, okay. They got another guy, Brad Boxenberger. Remember him? Yeah, their pen is look, they're they're a fine team. Okay? They're okay. They're a little over average, which is a lot of the playoff teams by record. 31 and 29, so a game over 500. They're second place in the East behind the Braves. Um, again, I don't want to let's not look past them, of course. We should take them seriously. But in the same regard, we could be honest with ourselves and admit we wanted them over, say, the Reds or over, say, like the Cardinals. Or You just you wanted a, a series against a team that's just outside of the Central. I feel like there's, they should have almost made that a rule. That used to be a rule, actually. I think it still was, actually, for a while. I'm not, no, not anymore. It was a, definitely not this year, of course. But it was a rule that... You couldn't face, if the wild card was from your division, you couldn't face them in the first round. Because they just wanted, they wanted to spread it out, I guess. I guess baseball's got some rules where you're just like, what, why? So I remember like, say, um, you know, we, we faced the Cardinals though in 2015. So obviously they changed that rule once they added the two wild cards. But before there were two wild cards, they made it so that, like in 2003, this happened. The Marlins couldn't face the Braves in the first round, even though they should have, because the Marlins were a wild card, the Braves were the one seed, because they were in the same division. They're both in the National League East. That was back in 2003. So 
The Marlins faced the Giants in the first round that year. The Cubs drew the Braves. We beat them in five. And I think the Marlins beat the Giants in four. I swear I remember Punch Rodriguez sliding into home for like a walk-off in game four. And maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe it was just the game winning round. It might not have been a walk-off. And that's and that's how we ended up drawing the Marlins. And, you know, we probably it should have been Braves Marlins first round Cubs Giants, and then maybe Braves eliminate Marlins. And that's a whole different I don't want to get into 2003. Any other any other diehard Cubs fans every now and then 2003 creeps into your head and you have to remind yourself we won in 2016. There's a lot went wrong that year. Obviously, I, I'm not one of those idiots who blames Bartman. He's not on the list. Although, Alou probably would have had that. And that's also why I used to stick up for Bartman. Bartman's like, I watched Alou play 162 games. He was never close to making a catch over here. I loved Alou. Very clutch hitter. Um, met him briefly uh, over the last summer of 2019. Nice guy. I actually absolutely loved his bat. He was like one of my favorite uh, right-handed hitters of the 2000s. Not the strongest left fielder, though. That's just how that goes. That's why I could always tell the new Cubs fans who were giving Schwarber a hard time. I'm like, okay, you don't remember Alfonso Soriano. You don't remember uh, Moises Alou. You don't remember Henry Rodriguez. You don't remember, like, Jason Dubois. You don't remember, like, there's a, a list of, I can't remember the last good defensive left fielder the Cubs had where I was like, this guy, that's a gold glove out there. It's left field. That's just kind of the way it goes in baseball. Like, the real baseball fans kind of know every team hates their bullpen. Very few teams have strong defensive left fielders. There's just, there's certain positions where you sacrifice defense for a bat, and that's one of them. Speaking of bullpens, though, I did another podcast earlier today. My guy, Kyle Means, I'm probably retweeting it today, so you'll probably see it on my timeline as well. And he asked me what I thought about David Ross's job, and I said the, the biggest thing you look for out of a rookie manager is handling a bullpen because usually it takes a while to get a feel for a bullpen. And I got to say, in a 60-game season in a crazy year like it's been in 2020, David Ross, I feel like, has done an excellent job handling the bullpen. You can't deny the numbers. They went from worst in the league to one of the best in the league, Again, in, a, in not a very long period of time. And so you got to give him a lot of credit for that. I know some fans will nitpick every move here or there, but that's that's the nature of baseball. And that's what makes it a fun game. Is you, if you know what you're, if you're a fan, part of it's going, ooh, would I do that? Hmm, all right. But it's, it's a different world with the three batter minimum too. So I really feel like he's done a fantastic job. And I love that this team seems to be going into the playoffs with a chip on their shoulder still so much to prove they are not done they're not done they're hungry it's a hungry bunch so i'm very much looking forward to the swagger we'll see out of them chris bryant be rocking the two chains the socks up wilson Contreras jacking people up although willie wilson willie what do, i don't know what you want to be called i call you willie sometimes but i don't i think that's just me i don't know if a lot of people call him willie wilson Contreras, love you Slow, take it easy on the base pass, though. That's my only knock on your game. That's really my only knock. Offensively, you're fantastic. You are. You're one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. You got a cannon for an arm. Player, runners are foolish to run against you. Your pitch framing from last year to this year, but you did improve over the last month last year. That's another thing that I think people forgot. I remember going to the offseason, people were saying stuff like he's a terrible pitch framer. I go, well, he was improving. He was improving. And then the Cubs did a lot to their catching foundation. Mike Napoli, um, another couple coaches. I can't remember the names now. I'm blanking. Sorry, everyone listening. I'm usually better about this. And they've kind of changed their like catching infrastructure, so to say. And he's been remarkable. 
remarkable behind the dish. Only qualm is sometimes he's overly aggressive, which is a thing. Sometimes I get it. I, if I were his manager, Joe Madden never wanted to do this. I'm sure, I'm sure Rossi doesn't really want to either. You don't want to really coach that out of him too much because it's something you love and you hope it's contagious and inspires, which we, we all think that bat flip did. That bat flip off of that, when he hit that three-run bomb off Dylan Cease and threw it to the freaking moon, there was not a person who supports the Cubbies that didn't get jazzed out of their minds for that. That really felt like, yes, yes, that was the shot of life we needed. That was the adrenaline shot to the heart. Yes, that was several lines. No, no, we don't do that. That was everything we wanted right there. And it, and it, it sparked him. And the way, you know, he threw that bat up and he looked right into the Cubs dugout. That was to be like, let's go. You know, that was like the bat flip that was the Jason Hayward speech and the 10th inning in Cleveland game seven, 2016. And just give a kiss to the skies. So yeah, I, I I love Will Contreras. I just there's so much going. I really love that lat, and I kind of was. That's been my big thing preaching to people all season long, doing the Cubs recap videos. Was that things turn fast? They turn fast. Think about tonight's game, everyone. I'm recording this late Tuesday night, releasing it Wednesday morning, playoff morning. It's a beautiful morning. I can't sing. Yankees versus Indians. Cleveland, I should really be saying Cleveland. They should change the name. And that's another podcast. That's another whole thing to do. And if you're if you're a fan, you should, if, I don't understand that. That's a side note thing. I got to get this off my chest though. I know people who would get mad if Cleveland changed their team name. And I go, "Are are you an Indians fan?" And they go, "No." And I'm like, well, "What do you care? What, what do you give a shit what they call themselves?" Just anyway, people spend too much time on, on negative things and hating on things. So. I have to say this. Bieber has been the best pitcher in baseball. You Darvish is the NL Cy Young, and I'll get into a little bit of that. But the Cleveland's pitcher, I'm going to go right to it right now. Let's look at this guy's numbers. Just This is just to show you. I know this is a Cubs podcast, but I feel like it's important to talk about. Um, this goes into the philosophy I've been preaching all year, everybody, about how things can change quickly, and you can't you can't just predict everything. Shane Bieber, everyone. Not related to Justin, I don't think. 12 games start, 77 in a third innings. Did not lead the league, by the way. We all know I think uh, Kyle Hendricks did that. Or No, wait, hold on. I think um, Hendricks second overall. Yeah, a third of an inning from to uh, Jermaine Marquez. Well, he's a solid year, actually, for that guy. Okay, anyway. Um, so I got sidetracked. 14 Ks per nine, 2.44 walk per nine. Um, just the numbers are fantastic. 3.2 war. In a 60-game season, 12 starts, that these unbelievable numbers. You'll walk away with the Cy Young. So everyone around baseball is probably thinking, game one against the Yankees, we got this. Yankees are scuffling going into the playoffs. They lost six of their last eight or something like that. They got nothing. DJ LeMahieu, leadoff single, Aaron Judge, see ya. Just like that, 2 nothing game. And they go on to pound them. You can't. That's why I just, when everyone says, oh, they've got no shot, they've got no shot, no, damn it. You get to the dance, you have a chance to get laid. Do I have to say that again? You get to the dance, you have a chance to get laid. You stay at home, you know, you might have a good time still, actually. I don't know what your house is like. You might have just gotten PS5. You might pay for Pornhub Premium. Don't know what you're into, but you could still have a good time. But that's not the goal. The goal is, is to get, 
Normally I have a wedding ring on. The goal, I took it off for the shower. I hope I didn't lose it again. Anyway, the goal is to get a ring. And in order to get a ring, you got to make it there. You got to make it to the dance in October. That's the thing. So I don't, I've never understood anyone who gets a little bit like, I don't believe in it. You better believe. You better believe or forget it. Go, go do something else. Save yourself the time. Cause you're not along for this ride. You're not, you don't like it. You, you say you like it, but you don't, you really don't. I think you just like to have something to complain about. I do. And we, we gotta, we gotta clear that. We gotta clear that brush fire of bad fandom away. Shoo. But I know the real Cubs fans. And I know there's a lot, look, there's a lot of Cubs fans who react negatively on Twitter that I absolutely love and adore. And, and I, and I, I need to remind you when I see you, I go, Hey man, what's happening? Is everything okay in your home life? Cause don't take it out on my cubbies. Okay, listen, I'm getting a little silly with you guys. Let's uh, let's recap the rest of the series very quickly. Obviously, I'm just going to talk about the first two games. Uh, you Darvish going game two, absolutely love it. I said he's the Cy Young. The redemption story from you Darvish is amazing. Guy's great on Twitter. He's bad news. Everyone's got bad news for the other team. That's what that means, everyone. That's why that nickname is beautiful. What a narrative. Christian Yelich talking shit in the offseason. What did he do versus what did you do? I'm just very pumped up that we've got two aces that are right-handed to take out this left-handed killing Marlin lineup. Now, if it gets to a game three, it's a big if. I don't see it happening. I'll, I'll put it out there right now. Cubs in two. Lester's a big game pitcher. He's a playoff pitcher. And I was digging into his numbers a little bit more. The White Sox, who notoriously destroy left-handed pitchers, which they didn't destroy, but they won 4-1 to one today against Oakland. Tip of the cap to Lucas Giolito. Tommy LaStella broke up that uh, perfect game attempt. I'm going to be talking about LaStella a little bit in, um, after the season. Okay, I'll tell you why coming after the season. I think there might be a reunion coming. I teased it. I teased it. Listen, though. I, uh, the White Sox kill lefties. The Oakland A's stupidly started a lefty against them. I bring that up in regard to Lester's overall numbers. You remove the two starts against the White Sox, his ERA's in the threes. He pitched better than we think. Before the White Sox start, he had three great, not great, but three really good, because only one start, he only won five innings, but he had... I think one start was like five innings, no earned run, six innings, one earned run, six innings, one earned run. I was looking at the game log, so you'd think I'd have that little fresh in my head. I had the tab open, but I, I X'd it out. So it's not as bad as you'd think. The Marlins aren't the White Sox offense when it comes to lefties. First sign of trouble, though, you bring in Adbert Alzale. Because people who follow me know I used to struggle with that last name. Pronounced it perfectly that time. Not even gonna pronounce, not even gonna try to pronounce it a second time. One and done, one take. That's all I needed. You bring him in, and then and then we have a strong bullpen. Craig Kimbrell has been fantastic the month of September. So there's just a lot going right. The whole thing was win this division and make sure you're clicking and feeling confident going in. That's the point. That's the point. Um, I don't – the Marlins, did they announce their game two starter? I don't have the game two starter for the Marlins right in front of me. Unless is it is it Sanchez or is it Lopez? Uh, sorry. Well, let's just talk about those guys right away. Both solid pitchers. Again, guys, uh, you know, let's see. Striking out rates. They're not big strikeout guys, either of them. Um, actually, you know what? Lopez is a bit. Lopez has got a lively fastball. Um, their, their ace is going tomorrow, though. He's their best guy. He's good. About 50% above the league average, uh, if you go by ERA+. Plus. Um, 
They're, none of their whips are overly exciting. You can get hits off them, string hits together. Uh, here's the lineup I want to see, and it was the lineup that we saw toward the end, and then um, I'll wrap up the podcast, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you love the Cubs, tell your friends. I'm going ha- to have guests on soon. I'm going to have guests on soon. Again, this is episode three, kind of putting these things together. Uh, unfortunately, Major League Baseball has two day games coming our way, uh, games one and two. So that's very frustrating, especially since I really wanted to get together with some people in my garage. I've been kind of trying to pimp out my garage a little bit. So I was kind of bummed about that. I was going to grill. So uh, I can still grill, but it's, I can't have people over where my kids are napping and my wife's at work. It's a whole thing. But I'm going to have um, some guests on uh, coming forward very soon. So uh, it'll be more interactive, and then we'll do some fun fan stuff too, um, in which we could, you know, I'll, I'll take topics. I'll take topics if you have any suggest. But here's the lineup I want to see. Um, you're listening to this in the morning. Let's see if I'm right. I'm recording this late Tuesday night. It's almost 11 p.m. Tuesday night. I'm, I'm probably going to release this just after midnight. So let's see. Leading off, playing center field, Ian Happ. Betting second, playing first base, the captain, the main ingredient, the man who puts the Italian in Italian beef, Anthony Rizzo. St. Anthony, I should really be calling him because he's an amazing guy. I got to uh, perform stamp comedy at his last two Laugh Off for Cancer events, hosting the last event. I will give you some details about that in a future podcast because I think it'll be a fun thing to talk about with everyone. Great human being. Batting third, your catcher, the fire starter, the dude who's just swagger oozing out of his ears, Wilson Contreras. Batting fourth, right fielder, turn it around, wonderful season, natural leader, great human being as well. Jason Hayward batting fifth third baseman former MVP rookie of the year on a mission okay this guy's not soft he he plays through injuries because he wants to be on the field maybe the Cubs should be like you shouldn't but again if the player wants it it's all that's a whole debate too I I don't know what to think of that a lot of fans are just like why do they keep letting him play if he's not 100% I you what are you gonna do if the guy says I'm 100% back off it's okay you don't want the reputation of being a team that says, no, you sit down when we tell you to sit down. That That's, that's a tough area. I don't know the correct, you know, I could see fans being frustrated when it, it makes sense. I get it. I'm a little bit like what's going on with that too, but I try to see both sides. Batting sixth, your left fielder loves October, loves playoffs, loves crunch time. Kyle Schwarber. Batting seventh. This is how deep this lineup is getting now. Batting seventh. Best defensive shortstop in the game, at least last year, according to some statistics that I'm a big fan of. One was outs above average. It's a new stat that they developed, and I was not surprised when it came out that Javier Baez was number one in the league on that. Nolan Arenado, number two. I can't remember who number three was now. I think Lindor, maybe. Baez batting seventh. Starting to show some signs of life toward the end, and maybe in October kicks up a gear. I really do think that's a guy that some of the circumstances of 2020 really affected him. I believe in Javi, though. I believe in Javi. Batting eighth. I want to see. Who do I want right now? I'm going to go with Victor. No, I'm going to go with Jason Kipnis. Batting eighth, playing second base. Batting ninth. I want to throw in another lefty against this guy. So let's go with Victor Caratini at the DH spot. I don't know if I like him ninth. Flip him or Kipnis could go eight or nine. We'll flip that right there. Maybe I go Caratini eight because he's got a higher contact rate. And I go Jason Kipnis ninth. So that will be 
your game one Cubs lineup. Load up on the lefties versus the right-handed starter. I think that gives us a little bit of an advantage right there. Uh, while still, you know, splitting them up along the lineup. That way when the bullpen comes in, the three batter rule, they can't just use specialists against us right there. So that's uh, I think that's a hell of a lineup right there. And if the lineup is looking the way it did over the weekend and feeling the way it did and having the approach and the at-bats, because look, there you can do everything right and still get the right wrong result, sadly. I know a lot of fans don't want to hear, but in the Pittsburgh series, there was a lot of hard hit outs. And that will happen from time to time. Over the course of a season, though, it evens out to the point where you, you have some weak little flare, duck snort, whatever people want to call them, you know, a little blooper. Those even out. Unfortunately, though, sometimes you have a game where you hit line drive bullets right at people all day. If those balls are three feet the other way or even a foot and a half, it's, you know, it's a double. And then you're like, oh, look at us. We're awesome. So I hope you guys are pumped up feeling good let's all have fun let's let's believe let's let's lift each other up let's enjoy it let's enjoy the hell out of almost october baseball it'll be october on thursday everyone thank you for listening to a cubs pod to be named later i'm joe kilgallen make sure you tell your friends check out my stamp comedy on my youtube channel that's youtube.com slash joe kilgallen have a patreon as well patreon.com slash joe kilgallen you guys are the best and as always go cubs <laughs>